Well, good morning, everybody. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star on what we call a standalone week, meaning we finished our rescue series last week, the one that carried us through Easter. We begin a new series next week on the family. We're calling it Family Circus. That's helpful, all right? And so you got, you got a family. You know what a circus looks like. And it's going to go run for a few weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll honor moms next week, honor graduates the following week. Then the following week after that, it's Memorial Day. And then how many educators are in the room? Raise your hand if you're an educator, principal, teacher. And then Summer's here. How about a round of applause for Summer? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's when they give you your kids back, all right? And so they'll, they'll be coming back to you soon. But we're really glad. We're looking forward to today. Today's been a fun day already. Early this morning, we had the Liberty University baseball team is in town to play Kennesaw State. And that's where I'm an alumni from. So they pulled their big old bus up. We fed them breakfast. They were going to come to 930. They had a doubleheader, so they had to scoot on out of here. But they came walking in, and man, seeing those guys, they, they had 40-something coaches and players and, and, and part of their their crew came walking in and man it took my mind back to my time at liberty i spent 1987 to 1991 i spent four years wearing not the same uniform they had on but anyways and definitely not one that fit now but anyways so i, I saw those guys come walking through the door and man i remembered i remembered that so well in fact what we're going to talk about today ties into it really um really nicely because that gave me one of the first times I remember my heart being hurt. You know, there are things that enter our lives we don't see coming, and it cracks the door to our heart and steps in, and a hurt we experience we didn't know we would ever have to walk through. It was my senior year. I thought it was going to be my best year, um, I had a lot of innings coming into my senior year and had gone through some tough times my freshman, sophomore year. I had a pretty good junior year, but really thought I was going to play a big role my senior year. And uh, I remember we were in fall season back then. We played a full fall schedule. We'd just gotten them playing UVA, I think, the day before. And I was in the bullpen with my pitching coach. We had a new coach come in. And our guy, Bobby Richardson, had retired. And this new guy took over. And he had been an assistant the year before. And I remember sitting down with my pitching coach, Coach Pastors, and I said, Coach, what's my, what is my role this year? What's going to be my role on the team this year? And he said, Mike, let's, let's sit down and talk. And that's never a good beginning of a conversation. So we sat down in the bullpen. I remember it like it was yesterday. And Coach said this. He said, Mike, you don't have a role on the team. And I went, what do you mean I don't have a role? He said, Coach is going to go. Coach Hunton's going a different direction. He's going to use some new guys, and you're sort of odd man out. I said, but coach, I'm on a, I was on a 75% scholarship. I said, I'm getting a lot of money. And he said, well, the only reason he kept you was Coach Richardson made him keep your scholarship. So he said, you have two options. You can sit in the bullpen all season and be bitter, be a cancer, and not play. Or you can hand over your uniform to another person and help be a part of the solution, not the problem. And buddy, y'all ever met the word pride? Pride pride entered in. I remember going back to my apartment at the time and calling Ann. 
on a phone with a cord. Can you believe that existed? I remember calling her, going, you're not gonna believe this. We gotta talk about this. And I was hotter than a firecracker. I said, this isn't fair. It's not right. And I remember we went out to dinner and then I, I go like, I gotta call my mom and dad. So I called Fayetteville and my dad, you know, most people are like this in life. My dad just lived here. And I said, I just laid it all out for him. And he's like, so what are you gonna do? And I, I meant, what, are, what do you mean, what am I going to do? What are you and mom going to do? Are y'all going to drive up here and take my offense for me with a coach? And dad said, well, I wasn't planning on it. I got to go to work in the morning. I wasn't planning on driving up there. He says, sounds like you got two options. One option is to give your uniform over. Well, the second option is to sit down there and be paying the rear end for a coach to deal with all season. And I remember, Dad, that's not what I want to hear. And I remember saying that. Dad, that's not what I want to hear. And he said, well, sorry, it's not what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. He said, let me ask you a question. Are you going to play next year? you going to get drafted and play on? I said, well, no, you know I'm not going to get drafted and play on. He said, well, just consider it you retired a year early. That's what he said. I was like, well, that's not helpful. And I remember hanging up and getting off the phone. I don't think they thought another thing about it. I don't think they really cared because it was a lesson. And it hurt. And I was bitter. You ever been bitter before? See, bitterness enters, and these words ring really true. I said them, that's not what? What's the word? Fair. And it may be that's not fair from a hurt you've experienced. That's not fair because of what somebody took you through. That's not fair what they said to you. That's not fair what they did to you. And I remember, I re this is what I thought about when I saw those guys this morning. This is what I thought as a 21, 22-year-old guy. I remember I was graduating that spring, and I ended up really enjoying that spring, and we had a really good, the team got better when I didn't pitch. I don't know what happened there. I don't understand, but anyways, uh, they, they really did. And so that was, that was hurtful. I'm bitter. All right, and so... Um, but I remember telling Anna, we were getting ready to graduate, getting married the next year, and I said, you know what? That might be probably one of the greatest hurts I'll ever experience. <laughs> Negative, all right? And so, but at the time, as a 21, 22-year-old, I thought it would be. Oh, this is awful. This is the worst thing that's ever gonna happen to me. That was about that big. Little did I know, know that there were gonna be things knocking at my door I didn't see coming. Things that showed up unannounced. Things that walked up and said, I'm here now. Some that I caused, some that were caused to me, and some that nobody had anything to do with. They were just the stuff of life you've got to walk through. And we've got an option. Ready? And I want you to write this at the top of your outline, then we're going to dive in. Forgiveness or bitterness. I want you to write those two words down. That's what today's about. Forgiveness or bitterness? Forgiveness and bitterness can never reside in the same room. They can't occupy the same place. If you are bitter, it means you won't forget. Not that you can't forgive, it means you won't forgive. And if you have forgiven, it said that you shut the door on bitterness. See, bitterness is a funny thing because we think we have a right to it. We think we, we deserve to own it. This person did this or this person did that or this person said this or this person said that. I planned on spending the rest of my life with them and they did 
blah. I thought I was going to spend that life with that company. And the company said they were going a different direction. I thought this was going to happen. I thought that was going to happen. And here's what I'll tell you about bitterness. When it opens the door to your heart, it never lets it close. And it will keep reminding you of all the reasons you have not to move on from it. And over and over and over, the pain that happened to you is relived over and over and over. And nothing's new. This went on even back in Scripture. The guy we're going to talk about today is a king. It's the king of Israel. He's the guy. He's not a perfect guy. He's a guy that's got some flaws. He's got some stuff. He's got a little bit of past. He's got a little residue from sin in his life. But the New Testament, which comes after the Old Testament, the New Testament said this, he was a man after God's own heart. And you're going to see why today it could say that. David had something enter his life he didn't see coming. And he had a choice. Am I going to be bitter over it? Or am I going to forgive? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Would you pray with me? Father, the minute I opened my mouth and the minute I said two words this morning, some of us had images, some of us had people, some of us had faces, some of us had places that entered our mind in a split second. And for some of us, boy, we could feel our heart just start churning. For others of us, we're reminded that we've let it go and we're going to continue to let it go. I don't know the stories of everyone sitting in, in Compass or in the chapel at True North this morning, but I do know this. You know their stories. There's not a second of their life that you have been unaware of. You know the pain they've walked through. You know the stuff they've walked through. You know what got them here today. And Father, today my prayer is that we walk out lighter than we walked in. And the hurt we walked through will not be a circle that we walk through over and over and over. So God, use the story of this king named David. And Father, may his life and his journey give us what we need for our journey. And Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me set the story for you. David is been king now for a while. He had to take the throne over for a guy named Saul who wouldn't be in the guy that God wanted him to be. And David anoints, is anointed the next king of Israel. We know he goes out and he kills. So this is going to show you how smart. If you're new to North Star, this is one of the smartest crowds you'll ever meet. David killed a guy named who? God, y'all are bright. And so anyways, so David killed Goliath. And, and the rest is history. David ends up taking over the throne. David ends up being the, the king. But David made some tragic errors too. He was with a woman that wasn't his wife. They had a child. And the rest is history. And David from then on was in and out of stuff. Well, one of his children's name was Absalom. Absalom was his daddy's boy. Absalom had a heart for power and a heart for leadership, which is great in its right time. But Absalom decided that he was going to take over the throne before David got off of it. And that's the story we're going to read today. Second 
Samuel chapter 16. We'll start reading down in verse 5. At any point I say something that you don't read or see on the screen or on your app, just look up. We'll talk about it for a second. When King David came to Baharim, there he came out of the family of the house of Saul. There came out a man of the family of the house of Saul whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. And as he came, he cursed continually. It's a great image. And he threw stones at David and at all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right and his left. So David shows up in this town and this guy shows up with rocks and words, physical stones and verbal stones. And he's throwing them at not only the king, he's throwing him, throwing the stones at the people that came with the king. Shimei said as he cursed, get out, get out, you man of blood. You're a worthless man. The Lord has avenged on you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned, and the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. See your evil is on you, for you are man of blood. So here's what he said. Let's kick a, kick a man while he's down. David, you're going to lose the throne, and you're going to lose it to your son, and you deserve to lose it. That's what he said. Absalom's going to take the throne, and you don't deserve David to keep it. One of the mighty men speaks up, then Abishiah, the son of Zeruiah. All right, everybody look at me. You're going, Mike, is that really how to pronounce it? I don't know, but you don't either. All right, and so let's keep, keep reading. me. Don't act like you're smarter than me. You don't know. Don't act like, oh, that's not right. We don't have any idea. All right, so he said to the king, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and take off his what? What does it say? Head. David, let me get revenge on this guy. Let me go put him out of his misery. Nobody speaks to the king like that. Let me go and cut off his head. Interesting response. But the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah? If he is cursing because the Lord has said to him, curse David, who then shall say, why have you done so? So David said to Abishai and to all his servants, behold, my son seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjaminite leave him alone, let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. It may be that the Lord will look on the wrong done to me and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing today. Here's what David was saying. Why am I better than this guy? Why is my life more important than this guy's life? So David and his men went on the road while Shimei went along on the hillside opposite him, cursed as he went, threw stones at him, and he flung dust. And the king and all the people who were with him arrived weary at the Jordan, and there, it's one of my favorite verses in all the Old Testament, and there he refreshed himself. The stuff wore David out, but here was the beauty. Somehow, David had protected his heart. See, our heart is the seat of our emotions. Our heart is that, that peace that we look at someone and we tell them, I'll love you with all my heart. And yet there are things that enter our lives that we don't see coming that ding our hearts. Some are small, like my little baseball stories about that big, and some are monumental. Some are things that 
If we had written the script of our lives, we would write out. In fact, the hurt didn't come from a stranger. The hurt came from somebody we thought loved us. How in the world do we learn to choose forgiveness and not choose bitterness? Those are our only two options. Because stuff's going to happen to you. Well, Mike, nothing's ever happened to me. It will. It'll enter your life. What do we do with it when it enters? Principle number one, good day to take notes. David refused to strike back. I think one of the things that stood out most to me in the story was the king's response. When you're down, typically you don't make the best decisions. David was down. He's just gotten news that Absalom, his son, is going to take the throne. And the people have turned, and they want Absalom to be the guy. And David is discouraged. Usually when we're discouraged, we're in a bad place. There's a good friend of mine, Kit Cummings, who's over in Selma with a group with Pop this week. And he, and he said, never make a big decision when you need to halt. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. David was all of those things. David was at a place he couldn't have been lower. David was at a place, but yet in that place, somehow David had made a choice. And the choice was, I'm not going to be hurt twice. So Abishai, you may cut this guy's head off, but it doesn't change the circumstances. Little point under number one. You'll never be able to forgive someone if you feel superior to them. It's one of the things I would have never thought about with David. David was the king. David was the guy. David was the man. But yet in the middle of this, David goes, why is my life more important than his life? Why is my story more important than his story? God will take care of it. You know, there's so many times we look at the story and we, we go, well, they are due, and here's the word I want you to write under, and here's the word we all go to, revenge. I, I gotta get revenge. To make myself feel better, I gotta get revenge. All right, let's just talk about this real quick. Does revenge make you feel any better? No. Because that hurt's still there. That door's still open. That crack is still there. And that root of bitterness stains everything. David made a choice, and the choice was, I'm not going to choose revenge. That's not my deal. That's God's deal. See, when we feel superior, we want to play God in their lives. But that's not the role that God created us for. God did not create us to play God in their lives. He created us to respond to him and let him do what he needs to do. Well, Mike is, if I forgive him, am I letting him off the hook? Am I forgiving him by forgiving them? Am I saying what they did was right? Absolutely not. What you're saying is, I'm not giving the power to them to do it to me over and over and over. See, here's what bitterness does. It's always on your mind. 
You think it's not, and you'll see a commercial, you'll hear a story, and buddy, it comes back up, and it starts rolling. And all our rights, and all our feelings, and all our stuff, and all those emotions, they spin back up, and they start going over and over and over again. And the poison we intend for them, we just keep drinking ourselves. And we corrupt and, and cause our heart to be in a bad place. Somehow David didn't do a lot of things right. David had figured this out. Point number two, he released the offender in this situation into God's hands. He released them. Maybe that the Lord will look on the wrong done to me and the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing today. You know what I wish I could promise all of you? Hey, if you'll come to church every Sunday and you'll sing when they sing and you'll give and you'll go to a small group that nothing bad will ever happen to you. I can't can't make that promise but what can it make you a promise with today is God has another option other than bitterness God has another way other than this way David released the offender and the situation into God's hands well Mike are you saying that the the, the justice system should never get involved. Not what I'm talking about. Absolutely. There are consequences for sin. Absolutely. What I'm saying is, let that do its work. You let it go. Mike, that sounds easy. A lot easier said than done. In fact, there are famous words. You, you've never said them. The 930 crowd did. But here are the famous words. I'll forgive, but I'm not going to what? No, you've never said that. You've heard other people say it. I know you've never, never said that before. I'll forgive you, but I'm not going to forget, which means, no, 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 no. I'm going to hold the stick till you do it again. Forgiveness is giving up the right to hold the stick and saying, God, this is yours. It's not mine. When we do this, here's what we do. Ready? Principle. You give people power over you when you don't forgive them. We don't see it that way. But any counselor sitting in this room would tell you that is a fact. When we don't forgive, we give them power over us to rule us and to control us. And they're a million miles away. Everybody look at me. And they may not even be thinking about you. You're thinking about them. You're thinking of that boss. You're thinking of that coach. You're thinking of that friend. You're thinking of that uncle. You're thinking of that grandfather. You're thinking of that date. You're thinking, boy, it's in your mind. When we forgive, we give them the option to get out of our brain and stop rehurting us. Forgiveness is not a feeling, but a choice. Forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a choice. And it's a choice. <laughs> so I'm, let me just say, time out. This sounds really good in theory, and you're like, Mike, I know you're paid to say all this, which is true, all right? But, but it's true, it's true. But it's the best way. I want you to write down a thought, all right? This is from Mike. This isn't from a counselor's journal. It's not from the Bible. This is just a little life here. I turned 50. I get to share wisdom now, all right? And so here, here's, a, here's a little wisdom I've learned through the years. The quicker I forgive, the better. 
The longer I hold on to it, the more right I have to hold on to it. Does that make sense to everybody? The quicker I move to forgiveness, the better. The longer I hold on to it, the longer reason I think I have to hold on to it. And the more I build my case. And the more I build my, my stuff. Well, I've got this against them and that against them and they hurt me this way, that way, and the other way. And forgiveness is also a process. It is a one time and it's a reminder. It's a process. Some of you today are going to release some things today. But guess what? When it comes back tomorrow morning, you're going to release it again. I wish I could tell you, oh, it's a one-time deal. You'll never think about it again. That's not true. Oh, it's a one-time deal. If you, if, you, if you get through it right now, you'll never experience it again. Not true. It's a process. Some that's quick and some that's long, depending on the hurt. I know it's easy to sit in a room like Compass or the chapel and, and you go, man, nobody in here has experienced hurt like me. You would be shocked at what the people around you have experienced. Betrayal, abuse. Some have lost loved ones in the craziest circumstances. You'd be shocked what people are, have gone through. It hits all our lives. It pushes on all the doors. The question is, do I let it in? Bitterness. I can sit in a church service like this and smile and sing a song, but in here, boy, I'm boiling. You ever been there? I'm racking up my rights of all the reasons God let me down. And all the reasons God screwed this thing up. And all the reasons they shouldn't have done this. And, and I should have done that. And if I had done... And, and I'm building a case I can never win. And all the while, I'm being robbed of that day. And that moment. And what I'm walking through. Point number three. Don't deal with your hurts by yourself. Don't deal with your hurts alone. David was with his men. And it's good. I don't know if David would have made it if he hadn't had them. Sometimes we need people with skin on. I just left a grief share group here a few minutes ago between services. I went up the hill and they've spent the past weeks journeying together. All of them have lost a loved one. And you know what's good when you walk in a room like that? You, you know you're not alone. That's why we have small groups. That's why there's counselors. That's why there's people. So you don't have to do this by yourself. I want you to write down a little thought. I was not meant to do this alone. Would you write that down? I was not meant to do this alone. That's why God created people. He looked at Adam and said, it's not good for you to be alone. And he created Eve. You're never meant to do this thing alone. Don't do it alone. And the king and all the men who were with him, they arrived weary at the Jordan, and there he refreshed himself. Sometimes it's just good to know you're not by yourself. And I'm going to let you in on the secret today. You are not by yourself. How many of y'all would say in the past year, you've had pain of some sort walk in your life? Raise your hand. Hold it up for a second. 
Everybody look around. Anybody here not had it? I don't think so. Pain enters in when we least expect it, but we have a choice. The choice is what do we do with it? Well, Mike, why should I forgive? Three things and I'm done. Number one, I'm going to need forgiveness in the future. The reality is I've been hurt, and the reality is I hurt. Well, Mike, one of the reasons we love coming to North Star is North Star is never going to let us down. We will. Just give us long enough, all right? And so we'll let you down like your last church did. I'm sure I'm not going to call you back or there's an email. That's going to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt somebody most of the time unintentionally, and I'm going to need to ask their forgiveness. We're going to hurt others. That's why we don't walk through this journey and think I'm, I'm better than I'm not better than anybody because I hurt people just like others hurt people. I'm never going to stop hurting until I learn to forgive. I am never going to stop the pain until I learn to forgive. And it is a process. It is a one time and it's a process. And why should I forgive? Because God's already forgiven me. Boy, this is a topic that uh, we could sit in for a while because it's real and it's, it's there. Some of you walked in for just another day at church, but God had an appointment with you. His appointment is you walk out a little lighter than you walked in. It doesn't change what happened to you, whatever the hurt may have been, but it can change what happens in you. And that's a choice that you hold. Forgiveness or bitterness. They can never live in the same room. Would you pray with me? Whether some of you today was, uh, if you could have gotten out, you would have got stuck in the middle of a row. It's really the last thing you want to own up. It's really the last thing you really want to talk about. Because that old poison will set in on you and it'll discolor you. It'll take a sweet personality and it will turn it hard, bitter. In fact, you don't even look at God the same way anymore. Because he allowed it. Mad at him too. Been there. And oh God, I'm a good lawyer for my case. I've never won a, I've never won one. The bitterness has sure won over me many times. I don't know your story. I really don't. But God does. And 
He says, I understand too. See what happened to my boy? You just celebrated it last week at Easter. An innocent man took on non-innocence sin so he could extend this word called forgiveness to us. I get it. I get betrayal. I get being forgotten. I get being hurt. I get being beaten. I get all of it. I get it. He died to forgive you so you could forgive others just as Christ forgave you. Bible gets real quick. He said to Mike, man, I've been holding on to something. Nobody's looking around. This is between you and the Lord. Mike, I've been holding on to something for years. In your mind right now, I want you to say, God, I forgive and put their name in the blank. I'm not letting them hurt me anymore. They're yours, not mine. If today, the quietness of the Sunday morning moment, you said, Mike, that's what I did today, would you pray for me as I begin to heal and I shut the door on bitterness and I drain that poison out? If that's you here today and you prayed that prayer with me just a moment ago, to let someone go, to let that hurt go. Would you just slip your hand up and you slip it right back down? I can't, I can't see all of you. This is between you and the Lord. Mm. God, I pray wholeness. I pray hope. God, forgiveness is a fragrance that we never forget. It's been extended my way many times. That's a beautiful fragrance when I extend it out as well. God, may we be like you in all that we do, and how we love, how we lead, and how we forgive. God, may your hand begin the healing in our lives today. And Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.